Take the Ron Show wherever you go. Download the America One Radio app to your smartphone and listen on the go. Or in traffic wishing you were on the go. The Ron Show on America One Radio. So I want to go back to something that Kirsten Cinema was talking about at the World Economic Forum panel that uh, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia sat on. She was talking about, you know, controlling the situation so that we can pick who comes into this country. I I understand where she's coming from, except when it comes for folks who are here legally seeking asylum. We can't we can't just say, well, what do you do? What are your skills? Oh. You need the education or you need job skill training. No, we need, we need only people who are educated or have the job skill training. When it comes to asylum seeking, you can't be like that. You have to do your part as a member of the global community and adhere to a treaty, by the way, that we all signed uh, globally and bring those in who are seeking safety and a better opportunity, whether they do or don't have the skills as well. I get that when you're talking about your J-1-3 visa program, or just normal immigration process. But when it comes to the asylum part, no, you can't, you can't put up uh, barriers based on what they can do for you, aside from wanting to come here for an opportunity to participate in what is the social fabric of the making of these United States. All right, Brian Kemp was on this panel after all, and here he goes. No, thank you very much. I, I'm turning then to Garner uh, Kemp of uh, Georgia. We know you well. We've seen you a lot of on, on TV all over the world. Um, during the last elections, um, you um, were very uh, clear on some uh, principles. You were a re-elected uh, broad majority. Now, um, of course, there has been some reflections of why the Republicans didn't do better uh, in uh, the House uh, uh, rep- House election with, with representatives and a lot of the candidates that were um, election deniers uh, were not elected. Any reflections on that because of your own background too? Because you came under some pressure, but you you didn't really give in on that, did you? Well, I mean, look, I wouldn't want to try to speculate on you know every member, every Republican candidate for for Congress or the United States Senate outside what we saw in Georgia. My own perspective is I think the people of the state that I represent, which is a great one, uh, they, you know, look, they want us to know, they want to know the differences between the candidates, but they also want to know what we're (coughs) for. Like, what are they going to get the next four years? And that's something that we just stayed focused on. And I think when you look at at the Republican ticket in the state of Georgia, um, we've had two record years in a row economically. Our mid-year numbers will probably break last year's numbers if you take out the two big mega, mega projects we had. We talked about the things that we did on teacher pay raises, on school security, our two health care waivers, even though uh, a lot of the bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. was trying to hold those up. We had innovative solutions that are lower in private sector costs and bringing more access to people. Uh, really pushing back to the one-size-fits-all narrative that my opponent's been driving for literally six years now. And uh, I think people bought into that. They bought into a politician that, and and I got this question at the end of the campaign. Uh, A reporter said, what's your closing message to people? And I asked the question to the voters, you know, look at the candidates and ask who's been fighting for you? Who was fighting to keep your business open 
when all the pressure from both political parties, from people in high places, from a lot of other people that were sitting in their basement on a computer was not to stay open, was not to reopen our economy. Who was pushing to get our kids back in the classroom? Well, we did all of those things. And, you know, we proved that we were fighting for people. We were fighting for election security. We were fighting for people to have a good paying job and to have, you know, to survive, to live, live a, to fight another day economically in our state. Uh, we fought for our people by giving them a billion dollars of their tax money back to help them fight through 40-year high inflation, because in my opinion, of a lot of bad policies in Washington, D.C. And the voters of, of my state, the great state of Georgia, certainly responded to that. Thank you, Governor. Um, how does it look, seeing it from uh, the capital, your capital, and looking at uh, D.C.? Um, there's a lot of partisanship, and of course there will be disagreements in the democracy, but do you think it has gone so far that it can be a negative factor for America now moving forward? Well, listen, I think from my perspective, a lot of frustration with Washington, D.C. I understand, you know, Senator Coombs' position on the IRA, uh, but, you know, that hurt Georgia-based uh, electric vehicle companies in our state. It was not treating them fairly. I believe the legislation picked winners and losers. Thankfully, I think the administration is working on, on fixing that. I don't think we were treated fairly in a state because we had been open. We had a low unemployment rate. So the level of funding coming out of Washington, D.C. and the current administration, we were treated differently from New York and California. You know, their citizens per capita were getting more money than ours, and so that's frustrating to some someone like me as a governor that just wants to be uh, have our citizens treated treated fairly. You know, there's frustrations. Quite honestly, look, if there's gridlock in Washington D.C., uh, one thing you can count on is the stability and a great economy, a great business environment in the state of Georgia, and we're going to keep rocking and rolling. But it is frustrating to have to deal with the fentanyl crisis because we simply cannot secure our border in this country. And I'm hopeful that something gets done. But, you know, my advice, take it for what it's worth. While we're waiting on that, just secure the border. I mean, literally every governor in the country is dealing with the fentanyl crisis. We're dealing with street gang crisis. We're dealing with human trafficking crisis. And those are the issues that we're trying to tackle at the state level. Uh, but I believe much could be solved. And I think there will be broad bipartisan support for simply, in the meantime, you, while you're working on these things, to secure the dang border. See, in my mind, saying secure the border is a lot like saying I need a prosthetic because my limbs keep falling off. Well, treat the diabetes and the limbs stop falling off. Republicans just seem way more interested in militaristic solutions than complex solutions to problems that negate the need for militarism. As for his being unhappy that Georgians were getting less back from the federal government than states like Illinois and California and New York. Hey, buddy, the blue states have been putting more into the federal coffers for the last 30 to 40 years. That mindset just slays me. Hey, that's unfair. Well, blue states have been saying that about red states suckling at the teat of the federal government for all this time. I'll also point out once again that Governor Kemp gambled with our lives by reopening the state and by sending kids back to school. He didn't gamble with his own or Marty and the girls' lives, because, let's remember, the governor's mansion's tours didn't reopen when the rest of the state did. He was literally like that dude at the swimming pool pushing everybody else in, tell me how cold it is and I'll see if I'll get in.
Still more to cover from Davos and Atlanta, Georgia as well. Ron Show's back after this. More Ron Show on America One Radio next.